My ship was broken beyond repair, floating helplessly through the depths of space. There had been a battle, two rival militaries vying for the right to colonize a habitable planet. My single-man fighter had been badly damaged, power failures in nearly all systems except life support. The engine and thrusters that normally would have stabilized my ship were completely offline. I was in a slow spin, hurtling beyond the normal confines of explored space. I had been knocked unconscious during the battle, head cracking against the cockpit canopy as another fighter crashed into me. A nearby explosion had thrown it off course, tearing off my port wing. The wing itself was useless except within a planetary atmosphere, but the damage caused a ripple effect throughout the rest of my systems. When I woke up, I found my leg had been crushed in the cockpit. Pain surged through my body when I came to. Realizing first that I was stuck, trapped in this ship, and then that I was hopelessly adrift, the stars floating by my canopy window lazily, as if they were streaming by on their own. Spinning was a little nauseating, making orientation nearly impossible. Around me, I could see chunks of rock floating near and around me. I had apparently drifted into a nearby asteroid field. I tried to ignore the obvious concern that one of these objects could rupture my cockpit at any moment. I glanced down at my legs, tried to ignore the spinning sensation the stars were causing in my head. Closing my eyes, I recalled what they told us heading into this fight. They had no right to this planet. It's ours, they had said. Who knew for sure, though? The universe had gotten so big, all of us so spread out, literally worlds apart. The other side had to have been saying the same thing, accusing us of theft, invasion. I couldn't help feeling angry, though. Angry that I'd been injured. Angry that I was now trapped in a situation that was almost certainly going to end in my death. I removed my helmet, stowing it behind me. The computer and radio were out, black screen mockingly staring back at me as I fiddled with the buttons. Nothing seemed to work. Rerouting power, rebooting. Without pulling the device and working on the wiring, there wasn't much more I could do. Not without being able to get out of my seat, my crushed leg pulsed with pain as I reminded myself of the injury. Stupid thing, I said angrily. Without thinking, I raised a fist and pounded on the computer. It didn't turn on. I hit it several more times, my rage nearing its apex. Work! I shouted at it again. I pounded on the side of my ship, shaking my seat in the various instrument clusters. As I did this, the screen flickered into life for only a moment. I gasped at the sudden success, heart sinking immediately as the screen turned black as quickly as it had appeared. I gave the side of my spacecraft another solid slam, and the screen flickered into life once more, this time lasting a few seconds longer. I raised my fist to hit it again when I heard a tapping noise on the hull of my ship. It seemed to be coming from just below me on the ventral section of the craft. I sat there, listening, waiting for it to make another noise. A loud clank came from the same area, and then, like magic, the main computer switched on. Yes! Yes! I exclaimed, attention completely focused back to the screen. I needed to send out some sort of distress call. I 
pressed my hand against the screen, which granted privileged system access using my biometrics. The internal network for comms required special authorization, which my rank allowed me. Then I pressed the button combination on the computer screen that would initiate the transmission. I wondered who might be out there, listening to the Mayday call as I made it. It seemed as likely that an enemy would intercept it as an ally, but I had to take the chance. There didn't seem to be any other way out of this. As I finished speaking into the system, I watched as it compiled the message and began to broadcast. As it did this, there was another clanking noise in the ventral section below me. The screen went out suddenly. For a brief moment, I was exasperated that my attempt to call for help had been stopped by more ship malfunctions. Only the clanks and tapping that I'd been hearing, what I had thought were simply mechanical noises of the equipment, started moving down to the rear of my cockpit. It was as if something was walking or crawling along the hole on the outside, exposed to the space, devoid of any atmosphere. I listened intently as it crept to the rear of the cockpit, around the engine section, and just over top of me. I looked up and my mouth fell open as a large, almost spider-like creature began crawling over the top of the canopy shell. Its long legs stretched and covered the clear material, almost like it was creating a cage. It flattened its body, head turning 180 degrees to look at me. It had spaces for what should have been eyes, but were just pits in its flesh that seemed to open and close like a heartbeat. As the light of a nearby star passed over it, its body shimmered like it had some sort of scaly texture. A glow came from its inner shell, as if it was powered by some sort of bioluminescence. Suddenly, the space around it seemed to ripple with a sort of energy, a force coming from the spider creature. The ship had stopped spinning, and I was now moving on a different trajectory. Somehow, this alien creature was able to generate a kind of thrust in the emptiness of space. Apart from the inexplicable nature of this, the most horrifying question I had now was, where was it taking me? I reached for the computer in the front console in a vain attempt to regain control of the craft, only to realize it had never powered up on its own. Whatever glimpses of the system I saw had been created by this creature's ability to produce it. It had allowed me to see the computer for that brief time to make a distress call. I banged on the glass above me in protest, but the creature ignored my complaints, propelling the ship further into a denser part of the asteroid field. I was helpless to prevent this, expecting at any moment that one of the larger floating rocks would shear the ship apart except this creature navigated the impossible trajectories with ease, piloting my craft with years of experience through space it intimately knew. As we passed into the inner layers of the field, I looked around and saw that several more of the spiders revealed themselves, responding to our arrival with their own luminescent breeding while standing on nearby asteroids. My initial fears of death by collision or my life support running out were supplanted by one of a slow, agonizing one by these creatures. The field eventually became less dense as we continued to pass further in. A large opening had been created in the drifting rocks, a formation that could not have been natural. Indeed, the rocks on the outer edge of this clearing were being continuously propelled away from the center by several of 
the spider creatures. My jaw dropped as a large, broken frigate came into view. Undoubtedly one of ours, blasted apart during the recent battle. The engine section was completely gone and was nowhere in sight. However, sections of the docking bay remained and emergency systems had deployed to keep the inside protected from the outside space after the inevitable power failure. The outer hole was absolutely covered in these creatures, pulsing their strange energy into it, the ship's power supply being fed for some reason by them. The creature that propelled my ship was heading straight for the docking bay. A kinetic field was active, keeping the atmosphere stable on the inside. My broken ship was guided through it and gently down onto a section of the landing pads that was unoccupied. As what remained of my craft was placed down, the creature released its grip and skittered away into the darkness of the docking bay. I looked around. I could see several warning lights were flashing across all of the ship's monitors, undoubtedly warning of the engine failure, amongst other things. The ship's sensors going completely haywire in its condition, unable to explain the source of power without a central engine core. My life support system made a familiar dinging noise below me, an all-too-familiar sound that indicated it was safe to open the canopy. This was something I heard numerous times throughout all of my space flights, usually signaling the safe end to one of my patrols. Never did I expect to hear it being placed down in this broken frigate. The signal meant that there was sufficient breathable air to disengage my fighter ship's support systems. I reached for the emergency release of the canopy, power to the other central systems still disabled due to my craft's damage. The canopy popped, and air from the inside of the frigate began to rush in. To my surprise, it was breathable. Only the smell was unlike anything I'd ever experienced. Normally, these large ships had heavily filtered air, sterilized and processed, almost to a fault. The air on this ship, however, seemed to have a sense of rot, decay, as if mold and death had replaced the normal ventilation system. I suppressed the urge to vomit, closing my eyes and trying to acclimate myself to the smell. It wasn't easy, taking slow breaths and trying to clear my mind of thoughts about what could be making the smell. With great apprehension, I pushed myself to stand and step out of the ship into the docking bay, the pain of my crushed leg surging through my body. I tried to ignore it, pressed forward by a desire to survive find a way out of this place. There was no sign of the creature, and I couldn't understand why. It brought me here only to leave me in this broken shell of a ship to explore. It made no sense. The light of the ship was minimal, so I reached into the utility compartment of my ship, grabbing a flashlight. The feeling of this broken ship was eerie, to say the least. Several sections of the docking bay had been blasted apart from the battle it had endured. If not for the kinetic fields, it would be completely exposed to the space outside. I moved to one of the computer screens, which had been flashing red with an array of errors. One message in particular dominated the screen. It read, Catastrophic engine failure. Life support systems rerouted to emergency backup power. Evacuate the ship immediately. The on-screen instructions also displayed a map to various escape pod routes most of which have been cut off from damage to the ship.
heart leapt when I saw that at least one pod was accessible and intact. I moved my hand to the display to get the information on the route, only it wasn't responding to my requests. A sudden and sharp pain ripped through my head as I was looking at the screen. I shut my eyes and threw my hands to my head. Gasping for breath, I couldn't explain what had caused the pain. Then, as soon as it had arrived, the feeling dissipated. I shook my head, cold sweat beginning to run down my head as I regained my composure. I looked back at the screen and it now displayed the route I had requested. Perplexed, I looked at the path it displayed. By some miracle, the pond wasn't far, and I'd be able to reach it in only a minute. I was amazed that somehow no crew member had already taken it. Perhaps the damage to the ship had suddenly and violently evacuated the atmosphere, pushing the crew in this section out into the vacuum of space before the kinetic fields could be established. A chilling thought, to be sure. I moved to a doorway that would lead me to the room with the escape pod. Pulling the crank that would open the bulkhead, the heavy door swung open to a sight I was not expecting. If there was any question whether the creatures had been nesting in this ship, this room certainly answered it. A sort of dark web was stretching from wall to wall, covering most of the instruments and computer screens. It seemed to pulse with the luminescence of the creatures themselves as if this web was in some way an extension of them. I had a strong desire to close the door right there, abandon any idea of looking for the escape pod amongst the alien web. The pain I felt before surged through my head again suddenly. Something about this ship was affecting me in a way that I couldn't explain. I had to find a way off this broken vessel, or who knows what this might do to me. Despite my vision being blurred, and seeing double from the pain, I stepped into the room and looked in the direction of the escape pod. It was more or less inaccessible due to an abundance of the web that had been spun over it. As I pointed my flashlight around the room, intending to find another way around, I realized this room was much more than simply a nest. The crew had not been blown out into space. They were here. They were all here. Trapped in the various webs, bodies being shrunken and drained by the material that had snared them. Several of them had been fed on so much that they barely resembled human. Skin was gone and even their bones seemed to dissolve into the webbing. Uh, hey you! A weak voice called out to me from my right. Startled, I jumped back a couple of feet at the sound of another voice. I looked shocked to find a living person woven into one of these webs. They were pale, disintegrating like the others, but they were undoubtedly still alive. They groaned in pain, as the effort to speak was apparently strenuous. Who are you? they asked. I was wrecked out there in the battle. One of those things brought me here, I said hastily. You need to get out of here, they said and then roared in pain as the webbing pulsed around them. I... I can't, I said. The escape pod is completely covered by this stuff. Call for help, they said. Send the distress signal in the next room. I already did, from my ship, I replied. The man shook his head, indicating that this wasn't good enough. 
The asteroids block the frequencies of the small fighters, they explained. The hub in the communications room. Next door, it's much more powerful. The man seemed to drift out of consciousness for a moment, lost to the pulsing web that was consuming him. When he came to, he looked shocked and frightened all over again, eyes having to refocus on me. Go, he shouted. There isn't much time. It's too late for me. Have the fleet blast this place apart. As if having given his final effort, his head hung, and the color seemed to drain from his body. The searing pain scorched through my brain again, causing me to fall to my knees, hands clapped against my forehead. I had to have been seeing double. The man in front of me was practically gone, body so rapidly dissolved by the webbing that he was nothing more but bones before me. Then another shock of pain, and I fell backward to the floor. I cried out, begging and pleading for it to stop. When it receded, I was covered in sweat. I got up, legs shaking and unable to properly balance. I looked for the nearest door to the comms room. The crew member was right. We needed to get help, if for any reason at all, to blast every last rock out of this asteroid field. A second bulkhead was closed before me. I was able to duck under some of the webbing and reach the handle, which turned in complaint, metal scraping and hinges whining as I pushed it open. Inside this room was a small control station. Much like the cockpit of my fighter ship, there was an authorization screen in front of me, connected to a much larger and more sophisticated array of transmission devices. A large porthole had been constructed here as well for visual inspection of the dishes. I pressed my hand to the screen watching the system authenticate my biometric data like before. Once it cleared, I initiated a distress call, indicating survivors were on board, meant an alien presence had taken hold of the surviving section of the frigate. As I completed this, the blurred vision, the searing pain like I'd never felt it before now. As I fell, my mind went black, unable to cope with the intense sensation that overwhelmed my senses. When I came to, I found myself in a much different position, clamped and strapped to the wall of the comms room, unable to move, completely covered in the web material. I had been ensnared by these creatures, but that wasn't the only thing amiss. The bulkhead I had come through, the area of this ship that I had passed through was now completely gone. A kinetic field was in place of the large door I had opened and my ship's cockpit had been slammed through the gap. The canopy had been forcefully torn open. Sudden visions of this happening crept back into my memory. I hadn't landed calmly in the docking bay. I had been brought to this frigate comms module, forced out of my ship by one or more of these alien creatures. I was knocked unconscious, ensnared in this web, and then, with dawning realization, I turned to the porthole where I could look out over the dish array of the transmission network. The asteroids had been cleared, paving an unimpeded path to me. In the distance, I saw what was unmistakably several fleet ships coming to respond to my distress call. The creatures had me lead them here, first with the call from my fighter ship, now from this frigate. They think there are survivors here. As if on cue, the spider creatures launched themselves from their respective rocks out into the vacuum of space, heading right for the other ships, an abundance of power and food. 
I called out, but in vain, my arms and hands restricted by the web material. I could only watch as the ships were swarmed by the alien creatures. That's when a slow ticking and clanking sound rang out in my own confined space. I looked down and saw with dawning horror that the spider was in here with me. It crawled up my immobile body and right up to my face. Its hollow gaps where its eyes should be opening and closing rhythmically. Then a wide opening and several large rows of teeth were shown. I closed my eyes right at the moment that it lunged, bringing forth its lethal embrace. <laughs>